I'm Jessica, and this is ATC Presents Debak K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And welcome to another episode. Today, I have a repeat guest with me, Minal from the Crash Landed on K Dramas podcast. How are you, Minal? Hey, Jess. I am fantastic, and thank you for having me over again to discuss the drama that we are going to go in depth about. Yes, <laughs> I'm of- so happy that you uh, agreed to come on. It was kind of a last minute thing, but I'm so excited that we're going to talk about Little Women today. Yes. It's a 2022 drama <laughs> that I know that you had watched, and I was like, Mina, would you like to come on and like talk about Little Women? And you were like, Yes. yes. So <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Um, how have you been? Like, what have you been up to? I think it's a holiday for you, right? Uh, yes. So actually, it's <laughs> Diwali time for us. The last whole week, it started last Saturday and it went on till yesterday. I was just telling you, I had a Diwali party <laughs> yesterday night. I came home very late at 3 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> so I've had a very lazy Sunday, but I had a fantastic week because my mom is here. My uncle and aunt are here. I've got family oh. here. So yes, we were all together after five years celebrating Diwali. <gasps> Yes. Oh my God, that is so special. Yes. Oh, it was, I'm so it happy was. for you. Yeah. It was. I'm sure the pandemic kind of hindered yes. a lot of family. Uh, also, over like, I, we couldn't go down for the. Generally, we do go down to India for Diwali, but mm. my cousin has not always been able to tie her timings. So it was nice to have all of them here together and celebrate oh. together. So, yes. Oh, what a blessing. Yes, oh, I'm so happy. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's a cool, cool way to, to say like, what have you been up to? Oh my God, I had my whole family over and we're <laughs> celebrating. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yes. Um, I do want to kind of segue into a little bit of a somber note because we are recording this within a couple of days yes, of yes. the Itaewon tragedy that happened during Halloween festivities. And it is absolutely heartbreaking. I've been following the news and... You know, my prayers go out to all the victims, all the families that are that are dealing with this right now. And I know that as more news comes out and people are mourning and Korea is in national mourning right now, I just want to say that we are really cognizant of that and we're really respectful of that. And I know that some people might w- rather not have recorded a podcast, ma- r- might not have put out a podcast yep. this week, but I feel that deeply kind of the same way that um, Nunes Nunchi posted something earlier that people are kind of going through secondary trauma right now and if they need a distraction if they want to get their mind off things if they want to listen to a podcast on a k-drama that they watched this year then I'm here for that I would love to be there for people and comfort them in some way shape or form by talking about a k-drama for an hour and a half so this is for you if you feel like you need a distraction, if you feel like this is going to comfort you in some way. I hope that it does. And if not, if this is not the right time, then please like press pause or do what you need to do and come back later if you feel inclined. So I did want to say that at the top. You know, we're, th- we're there. We stand with all of the Korean citizens that are dealing with this right now worldwide. It's making national news. And, you know, I'm heartbroken and I'm I'm grieving with you guys. Yeah, same. Uh, uh, Jessica, thank you for saying this. Uh, it was very shocking for me in the morning when I went through the news. I, I I couldn't believe what's happening. And really young people and the stampedes are such a 
big tragedy because you are out there to celebrate and to not have your loved one come back i i don't wouldn't wish this on anyone so mm. all my condolences and prayers are with the families of those who've lost their loved one in this horrible horrible tragedy and like you said uh if this helps you get your mind off uh you know i think we've done our bit a little bit here yeah yeah all right so i'm going to segue into some housekeeping so if this is your first time listening thank you so much for pressing play and please go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app we're on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, and many more and if you like us please do give us a review on five five stars please on apple Podcasts and spotify you can come say hi on social media to stay up to date on everything that we're doing here at debak you can find us on twitter instagram facebook and tiktok eight at ATC Debak Pod. And lastly, if you're a fan, the best way to be a fan is to support us by becoming a patron. It's such a great way for you to get involved. And you can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. And I do want to shout out our patrons, um, CD, Cindy, Robin, Bill, Curtis. I think that's all of you guys. I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. I didn't have it in front of me. It's <laughs> from memory. Okay. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate you guys. All right, so I'm going to get started on reading the My Drama List synopsis for Little Women. Here we go. It's really short. I didn't I didn't put the whole thing in this document. <laughs> so here we go. Three sisters get involved in a case that leads them to fight against the richest and most influential family in South Korea. Little Women aired originally from September to October 2022, and we are recording this at the very end of October. So this is really fresh. We are recording basically <laughs> on a... Brand new drama, literally just finished airing. (laughs) It's 12 episodes long, and it's directed by Kimi Won, and she directed soundtrack number one, Vincenzo from 2021, Crown Clown, Warm and Cozy. So this is kind of a Kimi Won season because we we covered the Crown Clown and Vincenzo in season three, which is quite, I mean, I didn't necessarily plan for it to be a a Kimi Won uh, season, but here we are. Things happen. <laughs> and, for a reason. Uh, for, yeah, I mean, it's it's good. <laughs> There's trends definitely in this season. Uh, so it's written by Jung Seok-yong, and she has written a bunch of movies. She's a frequent collaborator with Park Chan-wook, so she's written Decision to Leave. She's written The Handmaiden from 2016, I'm a Cyborg, but that's okay, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance. These are all crime thrillers. And so you can kind of get a sense of what she's specializing in. And then she's also written the K-drama Mother from 2018, which I hear is excellent. I have never yes. seen it. Have you? Uh, no, I it? haven't. I actually oh, okay. now have put it on my watch list because of seeing what the writer showed in Little Women. So, yes. Handmaiden. Mm, yes. I started Handmaiden. I need to complete it. I had to take a pause. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. You... Um, it's valid because that movie is very um, interesting and heavy. Yes. Did you get through like the first part of the movie? I've actually got through it's the, in- like 20 minutes of it and I had to <gasps> pause. And now oh, I'm like, okay. I need to stretch myself and watch it for sure. It's intrigued me like anything, but oh. don't break it. Don't break it for me. <laughs> I will not ruin anything. We, me and um, 
Miguel, my good friend Miguel, yeah. who's been on a couple podcast episodes, we reviewed it for the Patreon feed, and that we were just like giggling the whole time, <laughs> like we had a time with the Handmaiden. But that's another story. Again, become a patron because then you can listen. Then I can to, listen like, to it. <laughs> review, which was very entertaining. We were entertained at the very least. Um, yeah. So Little Women stars Kim Go Un as Oyunju, and of course she's been in about eleven movies. She's the Goblin's Bride. She's been in Yumi sells the king eternal monarch goblin she's in the trap she's a very well-known name and it also stars nam jihyun as oin kyung sister middle sister and she starred in the witch's diner 365 repeat the year 100 days my prince which is a very good saga yes and suspicious partner which is an excellent like law do you love that one it's amazing it's my favorite rom-com it is my ultimate favorite rom-com yes i love sp (laughs) i am shouting about it all the time Namji Eun is my favorite actress and Jita Hook and Namji Eun are my favorite couple. <laughs> I am I that's respectable. That's so respectable because they are so good oh in Suspicious so Partner. They, have you watched so the, good? Have you watched the BTS? Their BTS no. were more fun. I was like these oh. guys have rocking chemistry. Why are they not in a drama again? <laughs> Oh crap. All right. Well, so I'll have to watch the behind the scenes for suspicious Just partner. Just YouTube it. Oh, nice. All right. To round out the sisters, we have Park Ji-woo and she stars as Eun-hye. She's the youngest sister and you might have seen her most recently on All of Us Are Dead from 2021. I haven't watched yeah. that, but I need to oh, maybe no. maybe Halloween is a good time tomorrow to That is a perfect time to watch <laughs> All of Us Are Dead because it's a zombie thriller exactly, show. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, this cast is kind of extensive, but I'm just going to limit it to the three sisters and we can go in and out with the other cast members as we need to. Um, All this being said, Minal, (laughs) what did you think of Little Women? I'll be honest. uh, So I watch everything Namji Yoon stars in, okay? And (laughs) I was very intrigued by... Because I've read the book ages ago when I was in school. Right, yeah. It's of not- course, I think people know that um, Little Women, the, the name and yeah. the sisters, the basic, basic premise is based on the Louisa May Alcott, May Alcott book, no. which is a classic American uh, novel. Yeah. And yeah, the book is is a coming-of-age drama. The mother is very loving. These four sisters are tightly knit. And they go through their own journey, etc. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, at the back of, uh, uh, I hope I remember this correctly. Is it the Civil War? I'm not, I don't remember this correctly, but maybe yes. you can edit this out if you want mm-hmm. to. It, it um, is Civil War era. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so when I, I was intrigued, I said, I kept thinking, Koreans do such great slice of dramas. What are they adapting Little Women into? Okay, so what are they going <laughs> yeah. to do? Because they they have great slice of life dramas. So what are they going to do with this book? The first episode caught me completely unawares. I did not expect it to be this dark and sinister mm-hmm. and hit with a, a death in the first episode. So I was peaked. My interest peaked big time. And I think... <laughs> It helped that I was watching it as it aired and a lot of people uh-huh. and, I, and I got two, three of my friends. I said, look, girls, I've seen this. You have to watch this with me because I'm going crazy. I can't be going crazy in my head, theorizing about what's hitting me next. So I need somebody <laughs> to talk to. And they also started following and they also enjoyed. It was a, if I have to summarize it, it was a wild ride. 
that's how i mm-hmm. that's how i uh, summarize this whole drama and yeah. um, i like the thrill of it i like the plot twist some were there just for the shock element they could have mm. even if they were not there i don't think the drama would have been uh, less captivating but as i watched it and i rewatched a few episodes i realized the what the writer actually did is she turned the novel on its head made the sisters really flawed not the smart uh, kickass women characters that we would like to see they were flawed they were foolish they were naive they were reckless selfish but there was a lot of underlying social commentary through every episode that started to slowly creep in as you start watching the drama so how the rich exploit the poor how cults and ideologies can brainwash people how mm-hmm. they prey on the weakness and desperation of people to make them do things that they wouldn't have otherwise done if they were not put in that situation uh, abandonment generational trauma and i realized that they did it pretty well while keeping it at a level where you were practically not trusting any character you were just <laughs> i kept waiting for when is this character going to turn gray and twist to the dark side <laughs> that was right. my whole approach <laughs> watching So I'm glad a few characters didn't go down the road but it was a very satisfying uh, watch for me. Uh, that's okay. my general And you summary. you liked it ultimately I, liked I think. It. I liked it. I liked it. So, I would yeah. recommend it. I enjoyed it a lot. It probably is would sit in my top 10. I loved it so much. Oh wow. <laughs> top 10 K dramas. Okay. <laughs> so just to say my thoughts I went into it with a lot of trepidation because I'm a huge fan of the original Little Women. Uh, of course, I read it as a kid and I've watched all of different movie versions which are extremely popular um <laughs> especially in today like I'm very surprised that Little Women is kind of like doing so well, <laughs> but here we are. And they keep remaking it. Anyway, um I love Kim Go-eun and I love this cast and they were saying, "Oh, it's like a thriller." And I was like, "Oh no, I don't know if I can like swing that. That seems really <laughs> excessive for little women. Like to throw these beloved sisters in a crime thriller, I was not about it." But I think after watching the first episode, I was quite taken with the problems and issues that these sisters had to navigate and i would say the first half of the show is extremely pitch perfect, perfect in yes. terms of tone in terms of writing in terms of like these different plot twists and machinations that come across maybe too contrived later in the show as they kind of compound yeah and it turns a little more makjangi than i wanted <laughs> using this word makjang i'm not sure yeah. i thought it was that makjangi to be very honest towards the <laughs> end i was like mm this is a little too excessive and hyperbole for it to just be a casual crime thriller but anyway it was i digress a, yeah it wasn't a crime thriller in the sense it was a thriller around a financial uh That crime. was the other thing is yeah. that the crime I'm talking about is financial crimes, yes. p- crimes that are on paper, crimes that are apparently very difficult to prove in court, yes. who is responsible and I guess I'm a little more financially illiterate than I thought and I use that term heavily because that's a buzzword towards the latter episodes. Yes. <laughs> financial illiteracy and that's how some characters just get into trouble because yeah. they're just so 
woefully inept at following these paper trails and these people who are so experts, like such experts at (laughs) deception and and uh, financial deception. So I was a little more confused than I wanted to be in the latter episodes, but I made it through and I would definitely say that this is a masterpiece, definitely more prestige K-drama. And I would put this on par with other K-dramas that do very difficult topics about identity and class and money, like uh, so many different commentaries running concurrently throughout the show. And I feel like that's the smartest part of the show, not to mention the cinematography, the acting, the just all of these different set pieces throughout made this a really, I wouldn't say enjoyable watch, but it was a very interesting watch. Compelling and intriguing would be the right words, probably. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's one of those... uh, movies you see when i when something gets like this level of good in k-drama i start saying movie instead of k-drama like subconsciously i just think it's cinema yeah so i think i liked it i don't think i'm far removed enough to maybe say that i outright like loved it or that i just disliked it i think i'm on the fence because i know in the back of my mind it's a really 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 good drama but (laughs) Maybe it's not my genre. Exactly. Maybe, you know, it's just not written for me specifically. But others who really appreciate this kind of storytelling and this kind of story would appreciate it. Like, I'm not one that necessarily watches true crime. I'm not one that necessarily understands these really (laughs) complicated stories about financial crimes and what that entails like what does that even look like so maybe that's why there was a little bit of a disconnect for me on the whole for the show yes but i know that little women is probably going to go down in history as one of the best k-dramas there is period yes Yes, it will definitely it should in my opinion (laughs) i'm i have a financial industries background so i then you you see (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) But because of that, Jess, towards the end, actually, there were a couple of loopholes and plot holes where I was thinking, how how can you not be monitoring these sisters who've been in the thick of this whole slush fund money? Mm -hmm, Why mm -hmm. are they not being going to get monitored? How can they not? Any anybody with common sense once there's been a flag your system has flagged it in yeah. your in mm-hmm. in the bank's world okay uh, on transactions of money mm-hmm. those automatically should get picked up okay so we come to it because it could be a bit of a spoiler <laughs> i don't want to spoil it for the audience but i was struggling with that at the end but like i yeah. said my viewing experience was completely different because we start. I watched it with such an open mind, like what's going oh. on, and with my friends theorizing uh, along with me, we were really enjoying this as a wild ride. Obviously, like <laughs> you said, three four things went over the top at the end, but we still didn't mind it. We're like, okay, we'll go along <laughs> with it. <laughs> I I feel like that's fair, and I also feel like there's a difference in maybe watching this 
episode by episode as it was airing than I did when I just like binged it all at once. So I think a lot of the communal fun that happens when you watch a drama (laughs) as it's airing and you're you have friends that are watching with you and you're talking about theories and you're trying to come up with what the hell is going to happen next. Yes. What is the significance of this thing that they introduced two episodes ago? two episodes ago but then it's repeated now in this episode like things like that are really fun and keep you really engaged with the drama so i didn't have none of that (laughs) to go off of (laughs) and to make this experience better yeah after six episodes i kept thinking why didn't netflix drop this or tv and drop it all the 12 together it would have been such a great bingeable watch for me because Mm. There were a lot of foreshadowing and clues that came very subtly in the first six episodes that started to yeah. unravel in the latter half. And I was like, oh, wait, I have to go rewatch that scene. Was it that what it was referencing to? So mm-hmm. there were a couple of scenes like that, especially with Inhe, uh, which came to my mind. So mm. the, the, that bit yeah. I felt, oh, this should have dropped. Like, you know how Squid Game dropped with eight episodes, bang. Yeah. Everybody got hooked to it. I think this magic would have worked for a little bit. I, I agree with you. I think that once you kind of get a drama that's less than 16 episodes, you kind of lose the the steam of like two episodes a week yeah. for two months and everyone's waiting up with yeah. bated breath for the next episode. When you got 12 episodes and you're still releasing it week to week, it's just it takes a little something out of it, exactly. especially Perfect. when each episode is so rich. It, this is like a rich text. It's you rich know? text that that's in my I read a lot of uh, theories on Reddit and a lot of no. <laughs> OK, Reddit went bonkers during Little Women. It was hilarious. amazing. It was amazing because I was like, oh, I missed this point. Oh, she's right about this. Oh, this user said the things that I couldn't have thought about so it was very uh immersive experience to watch a drama <laughs> like this <laughs> yeah i i remember this happened during even hometown cha-cha-cha where there were so many no. discussions happening it was crazy <laughs> so i was like so these i think that also changes your viewing experience you know maybe if i'd watched it by myself alone maybe i would have gone a bit more bonkers and i'd be like okay what is going on Because I had people to share it with, Mm -hmm. it became Mm -hmm. much more uh, enjoyable uh, for me. Yeah. Yeah. That was how I watched it. By myself in a dark room. (laughs) (laughs) But I actually uh, have to speak about the cinematography and the Mm. background score. I thought this was top-notch cinematography. For me, Mr. Sunshine and Kingdom are like peak the best yeah. I have seen in K-dramas. They don't feel like K-drama. They feel like movie. Okay, on a very large That's what period. I keep saying. It feels very cinematic and it's prestige. Beautiful. And, beautiful. Yeah. Like the camera angles either narrowing on a shot or moving away from the shot or from the character or taking it away. Uh, the the closed room, uh, which becomes very pivotal in the whole plot uh, towards the latter half, the way it's been built uh, and how it, uh, the close-ups that go on the characters and far away. I have I visited Singapore seven years ago. I've never seen Singapore look so pristine in a drama. <laughs> episode eight was gorgeous. I can look at episode eight time and again just for the shots of Singapore as a city. So mm. I really felt it was a and uh, the fact that she's directed Vincenzo. There was yeah. a lot of style in, in the way the drama has been shot or the characters carried themselves. Yeah. So I felt a lot of similarities on that aspect, which mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. The background score was great. It was haunting and haunting. it made you distrust the characters and what it was going to happen next. 
I loved uh, loved the background score as well. I felt like it was a, it was its own character in the drama. You take away the score and the drama mm-hmm. will fall flat a bit. Mm-hmm. So the impact yeah. of the uh, scenes became was heightened by the score in the background. So I loved that a lot. Agree with you 100%. <laughs> What were some of the best parts of the sh- of the show for you? Oh. Okay, so I was actually taken aback by how flawed these sisters were. Okay, mm. how reckless uh, In Kyung was as a reporter, induced naivety and innocence. Uh, you know, she's doing things which we'll discuss in when we go to the spoiler section. Mm. Made me pull my hair apart. <laughs> like, <laughs> girls, be a bit <laughs> rational. What are y'all doing? Right. So, uh, we, I, I understand we want smart characters. We want kick-ass women, you know. But, you know, in reality, a lot of people are gullible and a lot of people yes. are... knife and a lot of people do reckless things uh so i quite liked how these characters were portrayed uh in in this drama the three sisters mm. i my biggest biggest takeaway for me i think was i was quite in awe that it's an all women team the director the writer the yeah. antagonist the protagonist even the antagonist right hand woman if she was not a right hand man it was a right the goon was also a woman so yeah. having such a women dominated drama made it all the more enjoyable uh, for me to mm. enjoy this uh, right the men were kept at a supporting cast positions mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. stayed true to it uh, and it pushed the women's story forward that that that's what i felt Mm-hmm. and i also thought that every actor whether big or small brought their a game to this uh, drama everybody acted well they held my attention i wanted to know what's going on even if mm-hmm. it's it's a minor role i enjoyed watching uh, everybody so that's my uh, summary of what the best parts of the show was the whole cast uh, was very exciting to watch yeah i agree for me it was pre- basically the same stuff i really appreciated the all women team that was leading this show whether behind the scenes or in front of it and yeah having flawed characters is always kind of like the better thing to do in a in a drama like in just writing in general it just makes things a lot more nuanced and interesting yes. to watch and that's why i think a lot of people wanted to know uh, like uh, what what i thought what other people thought because there's a lot to t- to take away from here and there's a lot to kind of discuss whether on the whole or at a at a micro level and unlikable characters whether because of their naivety because of their recklessness or whatever else make for better storytelling something yeah. to to kind of sink your teeth into because an infallible hero is always just going to be a one note infallible hero and in this case there were no heroes and no heroes, nearly everybody had an issue like a villainous yeah. issue to them and that's a lot more realistic to me as well and, yeah and trust me uh in the first half so by the sixth episode by the fourth or sixth episode i kept wondering which of these sisters is going to tip to the dark side and drag everybody <laughs> into the abyss <laughs> like i kept waiting who and i kind of had my money on one of them and mm. at the end of the drama i was relieved that she didn't <laughs> tip to the dark side so mm. this constant um uh, the writer put this fear in your head 
that yeah. somebody is going to tip over somebody is going to tip over they are not they're not white they are green yes. and i like that uh, aspect uh, that she brought yeah. about It's playing on not only the characters and their trust between one another but it's playing on the audience itself. Yes. And our trust with the characters, who should I believe? Who should I trust? Are they good? Are they bad? Are they going to screw everybody over? Are they just after the money? And all of these things prey on your mind and that's yes. why it was such fodder for di- for theories like <laughs> exactly. online. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, this is not a spoiler, but actually, you know, Viha Jun's character or uh, ask uh-huh. uh, Kim Goon's character, "Don't you trust me?" And without hesitation, she goes, "No." <laughs> so <laughs> there were memes around this that basically all the the audience to every character little women is like no we don't trust you at all <laughs> i like that i like that a lot it was hilarious. do you trust me absolutely no. not <laughs> no i found that can dolly I'm, part and see her toes no yeah. <laughs> don't I'm, trust you and obviously it was more dark there so there's dark comedy or tragic comedy like a, have you seen sky castle not yet okay. not yet whenever you get that so it's it's where you know the scene is dark you know the premise mm. is uh, very uh, uh, you know gruesome and yet there are elements of comedy that get inserted or a black comedy or satire that yeah. gets in yeah. little women didn't do that on a full scale but there were moments of such instances especially with inju's character that i felt uh, that you know she had these moments where she would I, that's why i loved kim goyeon in this character uh, in this character a lot mm. the moments where she had this revelation that oh i think i've cracked this and the next moment she's like did i mess it up again <laughs> so she yeah. used to have these <laughs> two and fro transitions and i think yeah. she she pulled it off her face her expressions were fantastic uh, to watch she's great no complaints about kim goon and i do appreciate you bringing up the black comedy or the dark comedy aspects which were almost imperceptible in yeah. the show and the writer has done that in previous movies especially that she's written because I haven't watched Mother from 2018 mm. but I know that her work with Park Chan-wook is full of these dark comedy moments that are kind of morose kind of like if I don't have that sense of humor that I definitely won't catch it but yeah. if I do then it's almost like an easter egg yeah. for those that have this kind of sensibility and might find humor in a very dark situation. Yes. And I appreciate that in the show Kim Goon was definitely a source of comedic relief in some places She for was. sure. The two scenes with stand out which we'll get to I just cannot get <laughs> over how quick her reactions were. She was she was back to being her naive innocent where am I cotton <laughs> web again? <laughs> What were some of the worst parts of the show for you? Uh I think I have my cribs about the show where I do think they went a bit over the top in some bits of trying to shock the audience or trying to keep mm-hmm. the shock element every episode. They could have toned it down a bit and I don't want to talk about it now in this non-spoiler section because that's yeah, giving away yeah. the spoiler. Absolutely. And uh, there were two plot devices which are very um sensitive issues around alcoholism and mm-hmm. suicide which were mm-hmm. introduced uh, to two characters in the drama. and either they were brushed off or they were forgotten about mm. and to me uh, that didn't sit right because those two bits can trigger a lot of people and yeah. it could have caused them to switch off the show also so if you're not going to do much around these sensitive issues i think you can not use them as plot devices at all 
or if mm. you do give it closure uh, that's that's what i felt you know what i didn't even think of those things but i agree <laughs> with you 100% about those two aspects of the show and of course we won't say like exactly how they fit into the plot yeah. or what characters that pertains to in this in side this of section. spoilers cuz we're <laughs> we're not going to spoil the show no right now but uh yeah that was kind of un what's the word irresponsible yes Especially when they are, when the writer and the showrunner, you know, the director are so in tune with wrapping up loose ends and so careful with other bits of the plot, they could have definitely made some room yes. to kind of address these two very exactly. important um, things, the alcoholism and the suicide stuff, yeah, yeah. which absolutely will trigger some audience members. It's Definitely. actually very serious to kind it's, of even yeah, it's very... include that as a characteristic of certain characters, right? Exactly. So, and it's really just not even dealt with. You're right. It's not even like given closure towards it the didn't, end of the show. Nothing, not, it, never, it, it was never brought up again. And mm. to me, that's that didn't feel right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, People are struggling with those very, very uh, severe things. And it that's like I said, that that could hit people in the wrong way, uh, the way it was yeah. dealt with. Yeah. Mm. So was those there were my, else? I think. That was it? Um, okay. Did they try to complicate the plot? Oh, so this Hell is yeah. again. No. no. I, so, <laughs> yes, they did try and complicate the plot, especially during the kind of endgame episodes. <laughs> And that's when I was like very confused. My sister would say, you were foozled because I was confused (laughs) to no end. (laughs) And I was wondering how certain characters were able to do different things when I thought they were on this side of town or doing X, Y, Z. And then all of a sudden they were actually here and they were plotting this on the side or they managed to get over here and intercept these people and do this while so-and-so wasn't looking and (laughs) there was a lot of like deception after deception after deception and i felt very strongly for inju's character (laughs) kim goon's character because she's just kind of getting you know jerked around she was just by everyone around her yes everyone who's smarter than ever than her everyone who is financially literate everyone who has something to lose or something to gain not just her is absolutely manipulating her and yeah. using her in the final few episodes especially and i got overwhelmed yeah. completely <laughs> i just kind of settled on more general ways of understanding the episodes versus like the actual details of stuff that happened <laughs> and i wonder if a lot of other people felt the same way i think you probably had a better grasp on everything than i do you're like yeah i did <laughs> No, like like I'm saying, because I didn't binge it, right? Uh, by when I came mm-hmm. to the episode eleven and twelve, a lot of theories in my head were cleared up, and I knew what to expect because I was waiting for two of my theories, and they came out right. And then it was just a matter of how they solved it and showed it to us. So I was okay. In a long time, I felt that actually uh, the finale of the drama wrapped up a lot of loose ends. They didn't leave too many loose ends, maybe one or two. So I can forgive them for that. But it was... You're okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but for me, I was very satisfied with what they did in the finale with the characters. Uh, like gotcha. I said, we'll discuss that couple of loose ends or plot holes. But, <laughs> but I can forgive them. For, I've come to a point where uh, K-dramas can drag so much in between. So if... Yes. 
I've enjoyed 90% of the drama. I can let go of the 10% and not crib about that 10%. I, you know what? You have a point because when you get those 16 and 20 episode dramas, yeah. you will have fat to trim and you will have superfluous storylines, exactly. things that don't really feel right. And you kind of forgive it if the drama is really good. And if not, if the kind of, if the drama is kind of mid, then you're sitting here and complaining about it correct which is fine that's your prerogative but yes. you know it's the way it was written and it's art and you can critique the art but exactly this drama was pretty tight at 12 episodes it was it and was. it was moving like the plot was moving for most of those 12 episodes like it was not stagnant at all yeah. so i kind of feel you when you say like well i like 90 percent of the drama so i'm gonna be a little kind to that 10 percent exactly. yeah <laughs> Yeah, I got you. I mean, I mean, we watch so many K dramas which are quite ludicrous. So I mean, it's okay. You're right. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, I I'm almost hesitant to talk about some of the general stuff that might fall into like the themes of the show. Yeah. Without kind of getting into spoilers, so I wonder if we should just give our scores and jump into spoilers at this sure. point. Yeah. All right. So, what would you give this show out of five soju bottles? I'd give it a four. Four soju bottles. Yes. Okay. <laughs> like I said, I really enjoyed it, and the ride was a wild ride. So I, it was wild. It was wild. <laughs> I will. I will love another show like this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I would give this show three and a half hmm. soju bottles, and I'm. I'm kind of on the fence. I want to go four, but I, this is not like my favorite drama by any stretch. And there were a lot of points again, where I was very confused. (laughs) And um, maybe if I watch it again, I won't have such a, you know, hang up with it. Maybe, maybe if I sit with it longer, because I just finished it today. I know. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to give it three and a half right now, but it's it's probably going to lean higher than that later because <laughs> scores can change. People change. People of rewatch course. things and you're like, wow, why did I hate this before? Like, I love it. It's great yes. or whatever. So yes, three and a half, but probably in the long run, four. I think it's fair. <laughs> no, no. But I think it's, yeah. it's fair because I get it where people are. And I've read a lot of reviews um, uh, just mm. to... I thought maybe I am like overhyping or loving this drama too much. So I wanted to go see. But like any popular drama, these they will have polarized views. People have absolutely hated it and called it like the worst mug jump or whatever. And there is a people like me on the other side of the fence who've loved it. And we're like, it's not a mug jump. It may have had elements, but it mm. wasn't a mug jump because really they, it was quite intelligent writing in terms of the characters and how it all folded together so i don't see why you would not you would be like on the fence about this drama especially the last like you said it got complicated in the last two bits yeah they so here's what i think people uh drama writers could have done better is if you're um putting at the center of the drama a financial crime which is not very easy for a layman to follow maybe explaining yes i'm the layman (laughs) Maybe explaining the workings of it and how these transfers can happen, etc., would have helped. Uh, hmm. There is a concept of where you talk to the, you know, the, the breaking the fourth wall, where the characters talk to the hmm. 
So you thought audience. they should break the fourth wall? Wow. No, I'm saying I'm not saying that it could have worked. I'm just saying that maybe the audience needed a little more explanation around what's going on. Maybe through yes. a voiceover or something like this. Uh just trying to get through the plot devices of some narration in the background or something like that. So mm. maybe that might have helped. I don't know. I'm just trying to say or from Inju's perspective who was the naive person there trying to right. s- understand uh, what's going on. Uh maybe I don't know. So I mean just to just to kind of um jump in here with an analogy the the financial crimes and the money laundering schemes and the slush fund stuff that's all fine in theory because yeah. I understand the general concept of what these things are but the show deals exclusively with how they get money. from point A to point Z and all of the inner workings of such a an operation and what exactly are these people doing in their day-to-day jobs for all of these slush funds and the money laundering and stuff and to me money laundering is again like an abstract concept like how do you it to me you're talking about you know astronauts getting to space i understand they how they get to space yeah they get in a spaceship and they get to space fine but if you're talking about how exactly they are pushing buttons here, how exactly they're training for such a thing, how did they get the job, if there's connections involved, all of that from that to take off, you know, that's a, a mystery to me. So yes. that's why I'm saying, it, in theory, I understand what these people are doing and what this topic of the show is about and what the crime is. But you know, I don't know how the astronauts specifically get to space. So (laughs) that was like the topic of a lot of stuff, what they're dealing with. So that's why I say maybe if I watched it a second time, I'd get a little more out of it. And probably, but I do, I do feel uh, for the audience where I felt that that was kept a bit cryptic and not Mm -hmm. fully explained. Um, And like I said, those who are from the financial industry will also find the plot holes and think, hang on, this is not that easy. <laughs> You're showing yeah, it too I, easy. <laughs> uh, I would love to talk to my dad, actually, because my dad has been a banker for his whole career. Yeah. And he's worked in fraud. Yeah. For you should totally his entire talk to career. Him. <laughs> so I should totally talk to him about the money laundering and the slush funds and yes. what the banks would do, what kind of uh, you know security measures they have, because you're yeah. right. Towards the end of the show, shouldn't, shouldn't some of these banks be questioning like why these people are still handling this these vast sums of money? And it's huge but freely. A, it's not small deposits. This is huge, no. huge money yeah. we're talking yeah. about. Okay, <laughs> and you have to look at their creditworthiness or what I or maybe I'm going to technical, but you have to look at their occupation and yes. what their financial standing is and the risk. why that money is coming yeah. through. So. Yes, I have. I had my grievance, but like I said, I let go. So it's, okay. it's, it's television. It's okay. <laughs> it's television. All right. On that note, we're going to get into spoilers right after this. Hey, you want to come in? All right. We're on the other side of spoilers. So Minal, I don't know where you would like to start, but you did mention that you had a couple of qualms having to do with the suicide and the... Um, alcoholism that weren't necessarily rounded out in the plot in a satisfactory manner and that kind of felt irresponsible to you and that was a a complaint that you had about the show did you want to talk about that in more detail right now sure so this is a big spoiler and it hits you in the it hit me at least i was not expecting this where in kyung is shown to be 
alcoholic and she's actually drinking alcohol. We see her sipping mouthwash and then it's revealed that it was tequila alcohol and she's doing it to... I'm sorry, but I have to jump in here because... Go on. This was like like episode one. One. Where she's shown on the job. She's a journalist. She's on on call all the time. And she keeps chugging like this mouthwash, like uh, swishing around the mouthwash in her mouth and then swallowing the mouthwash. And I had such an issue in my head. I was like, why does she keep swallowing the mouthwash? Is there a mouthwash in Korea that you can just swallow afterwards and it's toxic to you? And then uh, when they reveal that she's an alcoholic and that she has bottles of tequila tequila hidden in her desk. Who keeps and bottles of tequila in your office Who desk? keeps the bottles of tequila on at their place of business at work exactly. in their desk? I was like, that's just begging for issues. So anyway, she was very stupid about it in that very respect. Very stupid. Okay. Stupid. This so is she brought in all of those bottles to the office? Like, I was yeah. very... And then, of course, I was very taken aback i did yeah. not see it coming Me that she was an alcoholic and i thought i was the stupidest person on earth because <laughs> <No>. <laughs> looking back of course she was an alcoholic like looking back at all those times that she was swishing around the alcohol and then swallowing it i was like of course she's a freaking alcoholic and that's straight alcohol straight tequila in the mouthwash bottle the mouthwash. so i felt like an idiot i had the same feeling I was oh. like, I did not see this coming. Why did I not see? You <laughs> and they actually did a product placement with the mouthwash. I actually wanted to Google and check. Can you swallow this mouthwash? What is this product that they are right. <laughs> talking about? Are showing us? I was like, Are you kidding me? She. I, oh. Tell me something. Who keeps six bottles of tequila? I, I just couldn't get over that. See that? Like this it is was- not on. This is like, not on. It was the bottom drawer, like where you keep yeah. folders, you yeah. know, like upright. Yeah. I'm like, this Filled is crazy. with tequila bottles. I not could one. not fathom. Not, not one. one, like a bunch. No, like yeah. a bunch. Like half a dozen bottles sitting in your desk. Are you kidding me? And yeah. Are you telling so me that nobody surprising. saw her open the door? Nobody ever? saw her bring in the alcohol? Like, it was so many questions. So Very, many questions. Okay. So. Just inconsistent. But anyway. I, and I thought that they would bring that plot in because she gets, you know, she loses her, she gets suspended, then she yeah. gets fired, then her aunt is telling her, oh, I used to drink when I would go for work, why is it such an issue? I'm like, are we seriously having this conversation? But she, on? and then it was worse for the yeah. for her because she was a nurse? Exactly. She was working in the medical field? field. Ah, and like, you're telling me she was drinking on the job as long as she got her job done yeah, and um, wasn't causing any issues, then she could just drink on the job? Exactly. I was like, I like was getting like hot, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like when something really upsets so, you. You like you're I'm just like, like Are you seriously having this conversation? And is the great aunt actually not thinking that alcoholism, her her niece's great niece's alcoholism is not that severe, is just what everybody <laughs> does? Are you seriously having this conversation? So that kind of put me off a bit. Mm. Uh, and what I did, I thought because um the credits, I love the credits, by the way the whole art and the graphic. And okay. there are a lot of clues in the credits also at the end, which is like a last supper with the frames and all the clues of the dramas come together in that. But in Kyung's character is shown like sipping this whole chalice of alcohol and then she puts it on her head. So I thought that's a big plot device, which is going to hamper or impact her story in the mm. 12 episodes. But we don't see 
anybody talk about it ever again after the first right. two episodes or three episodes yeah. uh then she's afterwards going out with her friend and drinking uh no rehab nothing there is there's nothing there's, I mean, you're right there's no active way we don't portray know. that she is trying to kick the alcoholism exactly her addiction yes and she does make a point at some point of saying you know i'm going to get clean or whatever i'm not gonna, i'm going to stop drinking alcohol and how? you never see her struggle with that throughout the rest of the show it's like it, it's like she stops cold turkey and she never thinks about alcohol ever again exactly. throughout the rest of the show because addiction of any kind will have huge withdrawal symptoms mm. there will be huge withdrawal and you have to go into rehab if you know you are an alcoholic mm-hmm. how were there no repercussions or any of that show no it was just brushed away so my mm. point is don't show it don't show her as an alcoholic it wasn't critical to the plot was it other than her getting fired from the job So what right. was the point? But I would rather her just get fired because she drank one day on the job yeah. or just had a bad day or exactly. something. Exactly. Versus she was systemically like drinking alcoholic. alcohol yeah. every day with the freaking tequila bottles in her desk yeah. and the whole thing that we have issues with. Yes. So, you know, no. that is a different story <laughs> than like she gets she has one bad day. It's and bad that's okay. yeah. optics and she gets uh suspended, suspended and then fired yes. later because of other reasons. Other exactly. Other machinations. But <laughs> Um, I I agree with you completely. The suicide stuff. I don't know. Like every character seems to have a brush with a suicide, or was it just the cult members of this society that were demanding yeah. suicide of their members whenever things got dicey for them? Yeah. So I think the cult. Um, so there was. The, this is where a lot of people wanted uh, more explanation on the Jogran society and the modus yeah. operandi yeah. of the society. what i drew at the end of the 12th episode is they didn't want to go deep into it they just wanted to establish the concept of what cult and brainwashing can do to people <sighs> and these people are either in a desperate situation in debt or they are weak or they are the most uh, least powerful in the society where they probably have no agency and they are going to get dragged into it i think the society was targeting people who could work <laughs> as the members and promise mm-hmm. them or them or their family members a better future in return for their lives i think that was the ideology that was being driven down you absolutely brought up a great point that they the top members of this jungrang society were not just targeting the sisters they were targeting even the people within their own membership yeah. were also victims like they yeah. were also being manipulated on a gigantic level yes. Yes. they were you know indoctrinating children because they had like the school scholarship Correct. system and they would that they were constantly recruiting vulnerable people and the old clip of the general talking about like the farmers and the teachers and whatever else and he was yeah. naming poor people like yes. people who were not in you know middle class or above these Correct. were the bottom rung of society. society and you know it was kind of empowering for them when they joined the the jungrang society and they became part of the international orchid Correct. society club thing and i finished the show without ever having thought of the word cult <laughs> when you started talking about cult i was like of course it's a freaking cult like that yes. makes 
perfect sense that these people have, you know, brainwashed <laughs> all of these, you know, lower level individuals, quote unquote, to do their bidding and kill themselves or kill their family or just sacrifice whatever they need to. And it, it really rocks you kind of towards the end when things start to spiral even more and you see the depths of the society and how many people are involved in it. And just, yeah. I the, mean, it, in, India, all of it. in India, it's so common with these God men and these followings and certain sex, etc. There is so much of this cults happening and people blind faith is dangerous Jess mm. in many mm. aspects it's very dangerous because you stop rationalizing and you stop thinking for yourself mm. you are letting somebody else do the thinking for you and then you are just doing their bidding and right. this is very dangerous and brainwashing is very very it happens all the time we see it be it religious or be it on any level it happens mm. all the time so yeah. this I think this part aspect of what Little Women brought out. A lot of people missed, I, I feel personally, but this was a big aspect. I mean, people... I missed it because I never connected <laughs> cult, like like the cult aspect of the group what? to the, the society yeah. and everything that they were doing because it fits to a C. And I don't know much of the Vietnam War history because there was a bit of a backlash in Vietnam as to how the Koreans' uh, 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 role in the war was shown and, you know, where the general comes from. But it was that the Korean soldiers went as mercenaries, okay, uh, to help the Americans. And the way it is shown in Little Women is uh, both the government and CIA thought they were dispensable. So they sent them on a mission which they would have never come back alive from. So they went through that feeling of abandonment by the government. Now, of course, I don't know the history of it. So I'm, I'm not in a position to comment on it. But what was mm -hmm. shown as a theme was when you are abandoned, then they decided to get their revenge was to go on rogue. the country. <laughs> so you and go and rule, corrupt yeah. all the pillars of the society. What? Politics, mm -hmm. medical. So why were they grooming the children? So they can inst install them in different aspects of the society, in medicine, what runs the country, right? In media. Uh, that was media. a major one because... Big one. Um, Mari was a big character, right? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Then how you manipulate everything uh, in, in construction, in infrastructure. That's why the miners, the real estate, farmers, yeah. the real estate, they have sat back and gained control and are treating everybody like puppets. That's mm -hmm. what was happening. And obviously, that's why people felt that they would have liked a little more explanation on the Jograan society. But it didn't take away anything from me, from the drama. I understood it's more of symbolism and for people to left it open to people for interpretation that that was my takeaway mm -hmm. so there but on this you side bit by the way coming to <clears throat> the fact that Wa Yong went to a suicide website and thought it was okay for somebody who wanted to commit suicide to groom her to look like her leave her in an apartment and go decide to live her life and get on with her mm -hmm. agenda she needs to pay for it She's paying for the embezzlement, but nobody brought up the issue that she needs to pay for recruiting that person and putting that person. How can you do this? Morally, it, it is so problematic uh, to me. So Huayong um, was the character that was kind of a MacGuffin throughout yeah. the throughout the whole show <laughs> where she was like is she alive is she dead not how alive. is she integral to everything she's kind of been the mastermind 
you know, one woman show for a lot of the um, havoc that she caused the society and the upper members. And she comes back at the end of the show. Yes. Got a grand resurrection in (laughs) K-dramas in Mahjong style. And we have her, a dead character, come back to life. And she was never dead to begin with. Yeah. And yeah, there is that like kind of glossed over aspect that I think she recruited some suicidal person to pose as her. And that is the body that they find in the in her apartment and they assume is her. And I um, I'm not sure if I like necessarily latched on to it the way that you did, but it did. It's a loose end because they don't necessarily say that that's what she's imprisoned for. Correct. Because the embezzlement is so much more present in the show than anything else. And like this issue of like, well, whose body is this? Doesn't really matter in the context of the show. And you're absolutely right that that is kind of a major issue that they don't don't cover. Yeah. Yeah. There were no answers, no questions. I'm like, why would you bring this? Worst you could have shown she gets hold of a dead body, she bribes somebody in the morgue and gets a dead body, looks like her and puts up the dead body, something. But then they had to show Sangha come and kill her. So it was so staged. I was like, okay, this is not sitting right. Uh, This whole concept of, you know, this getting somebody suicidal Mm -hmm. and having them murdered is just didn't sit, sit right with me, to be very honest. So yeah. Yeah, that that left me because their identity and what they're struggling with is not even uh, relevant. You know what I'm saying? They're faceless. Exactly. So, yes, it just feels like a device in the plot versus an actual, you know, semi responsible way to deal with. Even if it is a random character, we never find out their name, never find out what they really look like, whatever. Whatever. This, you know, she should feel maybe remorse or guilt something, for having some, done this something. yeah something to this poor vulnerable person who wanted to commit suicide so yeah. like i understand where you're coming from completely so those those two aspects really i think they should have done better or not even included they should have figured some other way to you know get the sangha thing right story out but yeah, yeah yeah that's what but um, um i think you touched on sangha though and i <laughs> what an interesting chaotic character and i kind of if if i had guessed anything in the course of binging this show (laughs) it was that she was the ultimate villain yes throughout the show and there was something like just like how the sister was like there's something up with this guy uh there's something up with jaesang yeah i don't like his look he looks super shady he's definitely like a cold-blooded killer and nobody was was behind her everyone was questioning her you know the friend as well was like how do you see this from this this one video that was me with songa's character (laughs) because they put her on the screen and i'm like she's playing a victim yeah and she she is is totally (laughs) off and that is what happened and it happened in spades did she go fucking nuts and crazy (laughs) by the end and she like there's so many things that I like have to get off my mind necessarily. And I don't know like where to start, but you know, she was a mother yes. to this poor girl, Hyodin, who she hyped up on drugs, was medicating probably with it, God unchecked what. impunity. <laughs> what the hell was she giving her daughter day in and day out? So she was doing that. 
And she was also manipulating to know it's sexually more often than not her husband, True. Jaesung. True. And was playing out this elaborate play so theatrical and torturing people just for, for her fun. own enjoyment. This was like for fun. <laughs> for How fun. How psychotic she was. She was really crazy. I have not seen a crazier villain like her, honestly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She just mm-hmm. went off the rails completely. I mean, she actually admits, right, to Principal Jang, the second in command of the general when they are in the hospital, that mm-hmm. my husband will weigh the pros and cons before murdering people. I will just go for it. I should have been the natural leader for you guys. Mm. I'm like, this woman is totally on drugs. <laughs> I, it's, hard, it's hard because... She was hidden, or like her motivations and her like craziness was hidden throughout most of the show. Yes. Of course, I'm sitting here tooting my own horn saying I saw <laughs> something wrong with her the whole time. But what is Little Women, the show, trying to say about female pleasure? Because the only person in the entire show who is enjoying themselves, doing yes. whatever the hell there is that is they're doing, is literally only her. She's exactly. the only person taking pleasure in controlling and manipulating others. Everyone else is just kind of like going through the motions, whether they're defending themselves or they're offending others. They're Correct. doing it because of their own agenda, but they're not necessarily reveling no. in the pain of others. But she is. Yes, she is so like, totally. what What the hell is that message? I feel like that that's a whole like essay that we could have <laughs> totally. on the side. Uh, what is Little Women trying to say about mothers? Because yes. the point uh, of, not the point, but the show makes a point of basically focusing only on the mothers. There are a couple of father figures, especially Jaesung is like the major yeah. father figure that they show. They show, is it the general, I think, who's in comatose? Yes. Is that her who father. that was? Okay. Her father. The, the head of her the father. one who established, yeah, the job mm-hmm, society. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they show her, him, but he's comatose. So very few father figures, plenty yeah. of mother figures, and every mother has an Some issue, <laughs> is not suitable to be a mother. And, you know, even though the Jaesung is there as the like the one lone father figure, yes. he has very few redemptive qualities. And I think Wea Jun's dad is also shown as well. He's like the incel yes. guy with all the weapons. <laughs> Yes, so he actually uh, is the traitor. He was the core team of Jogran Society, but he realizes that as soon as Jaesung takes over uh, and the CEO, he's very loyal to the son, the CEO who is uh, put into an asylum, the general's mm-hmm, son, mm-hmm. Um, Songa's brother, Song Wu. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, the, the the director is, uh, the sorry, uh, Doyle's father is very loyal to them and that's why he goes rogue on them because he wants to expose them and he wants to put a full stop to this entire society and cult. That's that's what his plan is. So, but, you know, they also, mm, he gets arrested and we don't know what happens either. Yeah, we don't know that. what the hell happens to the dad after they arrest yeah. him for the weapons, yeah. on a weapons charge. But, I mean, since episode one, they have strong, like the writers and the showrunners have strong opinion- opinions about the mothers. Yes. yes. Uh, someone says, some people should never become mothers. Sadly, our mother is one of them. Uh, uh, in Kyung and in Ju say it too, in he. I mean, she runs away with her daughters. The daughters. Um, 
birthday uh, money gift. I couldn't fathom this. And I was like, oh my God. I have but in all caps, fuck that mom in my notes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I hated her. I was like, hated that was all. what the first 20 minutes of the of episode yes. one, this happens. Yes. And she tells her, you are young, you'll have many more opportunities. What the hell? Which mom takes away her daughter's money? It, I was absolutely <laughs> stunned yeah. that we're kind of starting off on this foot, that the mother traditionally a pillar of family, a pillar of stability, especially in K-dramas, and like every mother figure is fucking nuts in yes. the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cannot be counted on for one single thing. They're Not murderous murderous insane people yes or they're, they're unreliable thieves <laughs> or yeah. they're abandoning their kids that's what they're doing yeah yeah and and you know you realize even when she keeps obsessing over yorin but when inhe and yorin run away mm. there is no remorse about the fact that her daughter has run away the remorse is that i may have lost to these two to inhe i may have yes. lost the plot okay it's not about my daughter's gone away from me. No. 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 She doesn't have She doesn't that care emotion. about her well-being at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Ooh, it's ugly. It's just ugly, you it's know. It's very ugly. It's very ugly. And my next question talking about how like the tragic portrayal of mothers yes. in this show is is why did they choose the story of little women to do this adaptation? I would love to ask you that question. And I haven't really sat with the question that long, but here's my two cents from Hmm. thinking about this question. Is that Little Women is a story of female empowerment and of, you know, uh, sisterly bonds and overcoming poverty with just joy and the love between sisters, between family and friends. And it is a story of... The next door neighbor, right, who's Lori and his grandfather, who are extravagantly rich. Rich, yeah. And their next door neighbors, who are extravagantly poor, (laughs) (laughs) coming together and finding commonalities and hanging out together and comforting each other during this time because the father, again, is absent. (laughs) Yeah, because he's at the war, right? He's fighting. He's he's in the war. Yeah, he's fighting in the Civil War. On the good side, so to speak, he was a Northern soldier. And that is turned completely on its head. Completely. In this story, yeah. right? Yes. You have terrible fathers. You have moms. shitty mothers. <laughs> the rich and the poor are not singing Kumbaya together and having family dinners together. No one's giving each other, you know, pats on the back for, for giving away their, their Christmas uh, breakfast and things yep. like that. Uh, Beth never receives a piano. That sister actually died way earlier in their in the family history. I mean, it is just horrific. Yes, and I think they chose that story on purpose because it is beloved, and you can see the characterizations ever so slightly in these sisters. You do. You know, you have the bookish sister that's Joe, and you have Correct. the old, the eldest who's looking the, out for the others. Who wants a good life, the, who wants the who money. Who wants a good life, who wants money, is, and that's Meg. Yes. Um, they're there in spirit, but the spirit of the book yes. was bastardized <laughs> in, this, <laughs> in this adaptation, truly. And it is kind of... I don't know what they're trying to say. Like, what what do you think about so, cho- the choosing of Little Women? 
Yeah. So this is why I think a lot of people also didn't like the drama because <laughs> they wanted to just see the adaptation of Little Women. Right. And she just turned on it said and she's like, look, I'm going to set it in modern. I've not read her interview or what her thoughts were, to be very honest. It's just my own, how I saw the drama. You know what? Is, Let's pause here and say yeah. it doesn't matter what they say in interviews, yeah. truly. <laughs> this is art. Uh, once it's out in the open it's art (laughs) and we can interpret it however way we want and you know what if we interviewed them and our interpretation is completely different from what they had in mind i'm sure they would be completely okay with it yes possibly so yeah there you go so i think she wanted to address the like i said in the very very first half the modern day theme set in korea and how capitalism impacts uh the common man I think that's what they wanted to bring. And the class difference, uh, we do say now people are more empowered, people have more opportunities, but I also Mm. feel that capitalism drives a huge class drift as well. And that's a fact of our lives, okay? There's nothing right or wrong, but this is a consequence of what is happening in the society. And power corrupts, greed corrupts, money corrupts mm-hmm, mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. that's what she wanted to bring those themes in but mm-hmm. how do you pull the hook on the audience is get them to from a classic popular yeah. novel and let me throw the modern day problems in your face from all <laughs> sides where there's not a single happy character and let me yeah. see what you think about it <laughs> That's what they played at. That's what they played at. Uh, I I like what they did and I also don't like what they did. You can always argue, you know, when people, there's so many people out there who hate uh, film or TV adaptations yes, of literary so works for yes. whatever reason, because, oh, it doesn't follow the original. Oh, they cast someone who looks different from the book, whatever, whatever. And to me, I am not never one of those people who really gets upset when they change things from the book and the, you know, the movie's vastly different or whatever, because <laughs> again, it's art and it's an interpretation Subjective. and it's, it, you know, even if the characters have the same names and go through the same things, you can make changes. Like that's their yeah. prerogative exactly. and you will always have the book there to be steady and sure and have, give you that comfort that you wish for whenever, or that you have whenever you read the book. Correct. People want like a one for one all the time. This went beyond not doing a one for one. This went <laughs> into like the soul of the book was, uh, you shredded. know, t- shredded, tarnished. And I think that uh, should probably disturb people more than, hey, they didn't give, Be- you know, Beth a piano or, hey, they didn't <laughs> they didn't set this in in Civil War era America or, you know, they, they didn't have a, a marriage at the end or whatever. They didn't have the great um, Joe and Lori uh, confession that yes. is very popular in, in all the adaptations. They didn't have any of that. They did away hey, with like the favorite but, stuff. Yeah, but Jess, they didn't get Joe and Lori together at the end. Maybe you that want to give the right to okay, so <laughs> Segway from all the heavy talk, they actually got Lori and Joe, those yeah. characters, together. Exactly. And... Inkyung was, you know, spouting the same thing as her book counterpart saying like, right. you know, we're not good together. We're just very comfortable with each other. We don't need to be romantic partners. You don't excite me and all this stuff. Fine, fine, fine. So I was like, okay, 
her archetype is the same. Then, <laughs> towards the like the almost I think it is the last episode. Last episode, she actually gets with that like the Lori character, yeah, who is played by Kang Hoon, and the character's name is Ha Jong Ho, yeah. And that guy like actually gets the girl, and I was so surprised. <laughs> yeah, me too. Of I'm- all the changes, that was the one that really surprised me. <laughs> But I'll be honest, I didn't go expecting that she would stay true to the book at all. I actually wanted to see how she's going to alter it to modern day Korea. I want to see. I wasn't even sure if it was set in the modern day Korea or she was going to go a little historic. Uh, I don't know, set mm-hmm. it in with the, when the Japanese were, uh, yeah. uh, when Korea was under Japanese coloni- uh, colonial rule. I didn't know. But when I saw the first episode, because I watched it with such an open mind, I said, this is going to be wild. Am I up for it? Yes, I'm up for it. Let's go <laughs> along with it. Let's <laughs> so, go. Yeah. So I didn't I didn't really crib about the book as much. Uh, it mm-hmm. was okay for me. But also it's not a favorite of mine. I read it. Like I said, I read it as a classic must read that you have in school. Yeah. I mean, I have yeah. a really dinky old copy in my library yeah. that I have not read since I was a child. And <laughs> it's there. But it's not there. that I am going to read it again. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I think that you touched on capitalism, which is a huge yeah. uh, theme or almost like a secondary antagonist yes. in this story is how capitalism corrupts those around it. And I almost don't want to just say like capitalism because yeah. I am, I, I love capitalism. Like I Who love, doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I think I'm it's, fine with we're it. Dealing, yeah, we're dealing with extremes, right? Exactly. We're dealing with extremes of capitalism and money. Um, And at first we have some, I think we have competing ideologies surrounding money, to be quite honest with you, especially, Um, you know, we have quotes from the sister um, saying, people may lie, but money is honest. And a lot of people will come come at this and say, maybe that money is not itself evil, but it can corrupt people and it can cause issues and all this stuff because right like you know money itself is not evil correct and they do kind of touch on that in the final episode because is money evil not necessarily because it provides the sisters with freedom and agency to do as they please to finally live the life that they want yes right and we all so, need money, Jess. I yes. Mean, are you telling me that this idealistic uh, notion that, oh, you can be more happy without money? No, we need money. We may need to make sure we are not greedy enough to ruin our happiness because in our quest for money. We mm. need enough to be happy, but you cannot mm-hmm. do without money. We won't be leading. We can't live without money. It's a fact. Exactly, exactly. And the obsession with um, money in this show is not necessarily just to have money it's a form of social control which is what the society was going for was all of this wealth was not necessarily for their individual uh, pleasure which is what I said earlier like there's very little pleasure of these characters (laughs) even though they are immensely rich they're gaining pleasure from other like the application of money and that using it to torture that's those less fortunate and the sisters especially exactly um but they are controlling society they're controlling the media they're controlling all of these different the real estate market and things like that they have had a major hand in shaping korea as it stands today 
Well, right. in the context of the show, I should say. But yes, yes. It, um, it really kind of makes you think. And I think that's the point, is to make you think, make you question. And it does feel like, an ex- just as much as the psycho mom, Sangha, is experimenting on the sisters, yeah. especially um, Kim Gun's character, she's also kind of initiating an experiment on the audience as well. Yes. It's not just the sister's psyche that she's messing with. She's messing with our own, with our the own audience's psyche. psyche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 like you said, right, it, there was even where uh, Inju, when she, um, Inkyung doesn't remember the third sister's death as a child because she was too small. Or the, also, trauma can wipe off your memory or block your memory. Yes. Okay, so that's what happened with Inkyung. So when Inju tells her, and this is this is where I said the four uh, generational trauma. Mm. Inhe paints a picture of a girl dying in the woods, and she says it's my dying sister. And Inhe hasn't ever known because she was born after Inseon. Inseon is the is Beth basically who dies mm-hmm. in uh, because they yes. couldn't give her treatment on time, and. Then we come to know that her mom had briefly once mentioned, called Inhe in Sion and briefly mentioned that I carried my child on my shoulders and my I couldn't get treatment for my child. So it's in Inhe's conscience, consciousness also that she was an unwanted child, that her mother yes. didn't want her. That's an awful yeah. feeling to grow up mm-hmm. with. So while on the first six episodes, people were hating on Inhe big time. She's such a selfish uh, character. Yes. Why is she there in the drama? <clears throat> but mm-hmm. come on. I saw some of, of that hate as well. Yeah, come on, think of it. Imagine you grow up with the feeling that you were never wanted in the family and now your two sisters are going out of their ways, themselves being in misery but making sure you're happy. It's Love becomes an obligation and it should never become like that. So, mm. Inhe has that a whole lot of trauma internally she's fa- trying to face and what she wants is she wants liberation from all of this, freedom from all of it where she can just live her life and be happy with her sisters without this exchange or burden of how much my sisters are doing for me. And mm-hmm. it's very Asian culture, right? How much your parents have done for you so your parents expect you to return that when you grow up as a child. Uh, how much you do for your siblings, sacrifice, you know, give your youngest the best. All these aspects... Inhe doesn't want that. She says to Inkyung, I want to be loved for my talents. That was really frustrating to me because I come from a vastly different, uh, you know, family background. I'm a Hispanic and we're very close knit. And I do, I think because I'm also an elder sister, I felt (laughs) completely on the side of Indu and Inkyung. When they're trying to protect her sister and they're doing their best to like, Give her a freaking birthday cake for her birthday. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They're, they, yes, they are going out of their way. Yes, they are putting themselves in harm's way to protect her and give her whatever she needs. But her saying, you know, she hates being loved unconditionally. Mm. She thought, like, I thought that was the most ridiculous thing I'd ever heard because yeah. <laughs> she felt, like you said, she felt burdensome for all these reasons. She definitely had all of this trauma that she was dealing with. She let, had this morose look on her face the entire show she was depressed she was haunted she used her art as an outlet for sure but i didn't quite gel with the the fact that she despised their love and protection and said that she'd rather be loved for her talent or for how useful she can be because why does she insist on gunning for love that that exists with conditions correct 
that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> you <laughs> That's know? Why, that, that was the perspective. People are like, why? We, you know, we are just taught to love people, our family and our siblings unconditionally, right? There's never a give and take. But mm. she grew up with that burden. And I could, I'm not saying I empathized with Inhe a lot, but I could see where she was coming from and why she felt that burden all the time. Mm-hmm. Because at the end, she tells Inju when, you know, she they distribute the money and, in Q, go live your life, study what you couldn't because of our poverty. Uh, and she tells you buy the apartment, not for your sisters, but for yourself. Mm. Free yourself from thinking about us, live for yourself. And that was such a sweet message that Inju realized that she first, sometimes there's no harm in putting yourself above others. Mm. It's not that she loves her sisters less or whatever. It's not going to change. Mm-hmm. But in Inju can spend the money on apartment and she can go buy how many ice creams, branded ice creams she wants or the lip glosses she <laughs> wants to have because she's never yeah. really lived for herself. So let her mm-hmm. live for herself. So I, I agree I completely. I agree with you completely that the final scene yeah. where the younger sister is and for some reason in control of splitting up the money um which i never understood which was the biggest i don't <laughs> i have no fucking clue why that's happening in the final episode why does the teenager get to split up the bill like what is that 70 million dollars or so <laughs> yeah with all the players all the players that are left that's another loophole that we won't have yeah. to I mean, right now. but anyway um she tells we the can't sisters go, we can't go explaining everything jess it'll be another two hours i know i know but she does give a very nice poetic reason for the sisters to do as they please what please. they want in their heart of hearts Correct. and inju always wanted to have a home yeah that was her goal is to have a home that she called her own and she had this really great moment with the aunt where the aunt was like yeah, the soul of scene. the person connects with the soul the of the soul home of the apartment. <laughs> yeah 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 she was like if the apartment I, accepts you then i have no choice but to let it and i'm exactly. you know it is very poetic coming from a lady that seems to only deal in absolutes and only deal mm-hmm. with numbers i loved her character by the way i really oh yeah she was fantastic she was yeah fantastic really kick-ass mm-hmm. i was not happy that she got bumped off i'm like i wanted yeah. her to actually join hands with the sisters yes. and then pitch her because she was the insider in the group yeah right yeah. she knew it all so i would have she loved had to all these documents she was in there since the exactly. 70s she understood the enemy and i was like okay like we got She's an gonna ally be the big one. <laughs> yeah no she fucking dies i know without I much upset. ceremony <laughs> for, nothing. for nothing really i mean no, not nothing. Uh, Songa realizes that she could turn on her, which is why she snaps her off immediately. <sighs> Remember, she it, meets What Hesam. I mean is like, you know, it doesn't, it wasn't as powerful yes. in the story yes, yes. as in if the story. Correct. she had joined hands with her nieces, yes. grand Agreed. nieces, and wreaked some havoc before getting bumped off Agreed. by Sangha, yes. you know? I was, I was very upset. I'm like, why would you kill her? It would have been more fun if there was a... Then it would have been a little more even. The balance would have been evened out. Yes, yes you know? because you would have had more moments like 
when they're about to pay for the younger sister's yes. surgery and then was, she comes out of nowhere and I love like, puts down the that was a great moment great like they, moment. Didn't, they didn't get their way you know what i'm saying they didn't get the pr that correct. they wanted out of this correct. whole situation correct correct it, it was it was a really good moment of really tension moment. and like you didn't expect her to come out of nowhere correct. and like pay for the surgery but then you're like of course that makes perfect sense because that's yes. her niece like why yeah, wouldn't exactly. she why wouldn't she anyway. do it, <laughs> it, it, it but Moments like that could have happened in the latter half of the show, yes. but they took her off the playing board. Yeah, I know. I know. So I was also a little, not a little, I was quite sad about that, mm. upset about that. Mm-hmm. But I think we should talk about the main characters in June. Don't, go for it. <laughs> so go. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say this and I know you're a Kim Go Yoon fan, but I'll tell you, I was very neutral towards her. Okay, I had seen her in Yumi Cell, She's in the Trap. I was watching Goblin on and off, uh, trying to get through <laughs> Goblin when Little Women started. Yeah. And I didn't like her at all in Goblin. I'm like, stop pulling. You cannot convince me as a high schooler. Okay. Ah, uh, okay. No I was problem. Very yeah, she was frust- in her 20s. <laughs> I was very frustrated. Like, Kim Tairi and Kim Dami convinced me as high school kids. Really? Not but Kim, Kim Goen. Goen. Okay, wow. I was okay. like, mm, this is not sitting right with me. Okay. So I wasn't liking Goblin at all. And... Little Women started and Jess at the end of Little Women I I started for Nam Ji Hyun who I loved in the drama but my biggest moments my favorite scenes are all Kim Go Yoon <laughs> I loved her I loved her as an Inju her she was so naive so innocent uh, she, I was almost frustrated to the point Inju yeah why are you blurting out everything to any stranger you meet? Mm-hmm. Why are you so open with people? Why don't you have a filter to your mouth? You are mm-hmm. not supposed to tell everybody everything. Yeah. She was parading the two billion in a backpack and taking it all over. How is nobody catching her on CCTV? When they caught her with the 70 <laughs> mil back at the yoga studio in front of the same freaking uh, locker, I was like, yeah. what? She's going about this all wrong. Like she didn't think this through. Yeah. No strategy involved. She Nothing. was just like the same freaking bag. It, <laughs> so, I was like, I would have gone about this totally differently. Differently, exactly. Yeah, I would have taken the two billion one, and we would have, you know, figured our way out to get out of the country and to just be somewhere else. Okay, but I also love the fact that. She was, as you said, not financially literate, right? People manipulated her all the time. Yes. She had no business, right? For her, she had the money and she could have deposited in small amounts in different banks, whatever, and decided to go rogue or get away from it all. Mm-hmm. But she was so loyal to her friend. She had no business investigating why Wai Yong died. <laughs> yeah, she was out of her depth her before she even she com- started. Exactly. But I think somewhere you are, it's her spirit, right? Uh, She may not be capable and she may not see it to the end, but she was determined to get justice for her friend. Mm. And I loved how protective she was about her sisters as well. So Mm -hmm. within her limitations, I think Inju was fantastic. And I think everybody rallied around to help her at the end is because how Inju was as a character. (laughs) I will say that in the context of Little Women, the story, Meg is not really, you know, the most compelling character. I no. would say the protagonist of Little Women is really it's Joe. Joe right? It's always been Joe. Yes. It's always been Joe. Yeah. And for them to choose Meg's, you know, character, whatever, characterization Correct. to be the vehicle for this show. Of course, all the sisters are very important to the show. But really, 
Inju she drove the show for me. Is driving. Yeah. Yes. It's her tragedy that happens Correct. throughout the show that unfolds. And I think that was done on purpose. She's the most sympathetic one. If you throw yes. her into this mess, who is going to incite the most audience sympathy? It's her. It's it's Meg. Yeah. Yes. So I, I really love that about her. Um, two scenes I have to talk about. You know, when at the end, uh, the father, uh, Doyle's father, she and uh, Inju are getting out of the hospital. And first of all, mm-hmm. she's humiliated that they didn't think it was important to let her in on the plot because yeah. they needed her to cry. She's totally <laughs> humiliated and upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't think. And it shows on her face. She's, she's so lovely. And yeah. then the police come and Doyle and father are like quite stoic. And Inju's like, hands up, hands she up. She puts sorry. her hands up. Yeah, she's like, don't shoot. <laughs> I I loved her reaction so when I was laughing my heart out the other bit was uh, you know she takes the punches from the uh aha uh-huh. yes okay and yes. then when they are on the terrace when uh, in Kyung oh, is Oh uh, I love this part as well this is also in my notes where she gets the five hits back yes oh, and she's like, I was she was so good <laughs> yes so satisfying for her to so t- but what does she have like a pipe a lead yes. pipe she started <laughs> yes. whacking her with it and i was like more more go more. For, go, go for, for 10 it. go for 20 yeah yeah so i i that, really like that part too because it I felt know. like she had seized control again very yes. short amount of time because then she lost it know, again they, they get taken and taken to the basement and stuff and exactly exactly but i agree with you that uh Kim Go Eun was such a great uh, vehicle for for she's, this show. Jess, if she's not nominated for Max, oh. Maxing this year, I'm going to be yeah. upset. Okay, I I really her and Um Ji Won as the villain. Mm. To me, they really need a nomination. Okay, mm-hmm. I I can't say she should win it because I think Kim um. No, Kim Tae-ri already won, right? They picked yeah, it up that, last year. Oh. Kim Tae-ri already won for 25 right. yeah, So I think she's very much in contention for a vaccine, I think. True, true. She was fantastic. You Who mentioned is? about just bumming off with the money yes. and escaping. And I think that was another topic or theme of the show was, yeah. especially when the two girls, um, the younger sister and her BFF, decide to escape to Japan as if right. the situation in Korea is completely hopeless. Yes. You know, those with power and money, just as the show keeps harping on, they control the narrative. Correct. So In Kyung, the middle sister, is by this point you realize she's only making dents, only small dents in this vast like conglomerate of murder Correct. and thievery that's happening. And all her best efforts don't do much to quell the evil of this cult and this family so are the only two options to flee or to join like that's kind of the only two options that the show was like these are valid options because to stay is a futile effort to stay to enact justice to bring them all of their misdeeds to light it's not going to happen and truly by the end of the show it really doesn't quite happen on the level that you want it to. Exactly, exactly. Because didn't you think Sangha had it easy? Yes. Didn't you? That was that was literally where I was heading to next. Was her demise? Yeah. You know, she never got the reckoning that you wanted 
by law or by the sisters Nothing. or by any anybody that she hurt she literally just fell into a pool of hydrochloric pool of acid acid and what was that that was ott who fills hydrochloric <laughs> acid in the pipes what's going on <laughs> it was but so i had a lot of fun with that scene <laughs> She was like, I'm going to have this button that's going to release all this hydrochloric acid. It's going to melt your exactly. friend. I was like, bitch, what? <laughs> what are you doing? When did you get hydrochloric acid? Uh, like, who, Which which uh, rookie of yours uh, helped you fill up all of this hydrochloric acid? It was, ca- it was very cartoony. Very cartoony. You know, this is the kind of plot that like... Uh, you know, Batman villains come up with. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. it's not, it, I really didn't expect it to go in that direction. This for the direction, fu- this, exactly. This is the, sh- the face, face-off that you've wanted to see the whole show. Correct. It's like Correct. all these women in one room and it finally happens and like, it, what the hell what? was that? What, what even was, was that? that? Yeah. She becomes a victim of her own elaborate dramatic scheme. She's all themes. for like the theatrics <laughs> and it, it's, as much theatrics as it was, it was very anticlimactic. Very anticlimactic. But at the same time, I had very, like, I had very uh, contradictory or opposing feelings. It's like, <laughs> I cannot handle this hydrochloric acid, but I'm actually loving the poetic justice that Sangha is being killed by her own plot device, which is <laughs> beautiful to watch. <laughs> I, I get that. I really do. <laughs> The acid just acid just hit me. I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, it's mainly where I went from like being in awe, like, "Oh, I'm having a lot of fun now." This is just bordering on comedy side of things. Yeah, like somewhere inside they had this uh, room with no doors that they the mother the mothers was kept in, and then she put the younger sister in, and it was like. Somewhere inside, and then the diorama that she made in art school. Yes, in the art school. Of I that mean, room and her mother hanging herself and stuff. I was like, this is very... Wild. Like, a lot. Yeah. But have you seen Mouse? Uh, which no, is like, I haven't. Okay, anyway. So the premises, uh, basically, they detect uh, if there are... You can detect if they have in the dna if there's a psychopathic dna in the mm-hmm, fetus mm-hmm. and uh, that that's how you can decide where what they the the research comes up with is 99% they'll become psychopaths 1% that gene presence of the uh, da uh, gene will uh, not dna gene will cause them to become 99% psychopaths 1% could be genius okay <laughs> and there is a trigger so there is a trigger every psychopath there will be some trigger which will push them uh-huh. over the dark uh-huh. side, you know, push them over uh, to do murder for fun or kill for fun or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. Her mother's death trauma, which she caused. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She already must have had, she already must have had psychopathic tendencies. She was already a psychopath because she, she never cited with her mom she mother. was like why isn't she sticking by me as a mom correct. and wanting to be in my life when she correct. why does she have morals correct correct she was questioning her mom because her mom was upset with all of the crazy misdeeds that the dad was correct. the general was doing and like she didn't she didn't take the out that she had which was to beg for forgiveness and beg for her life and then she'd be led exactly. back into the family and she didn't do that she didn't do it right so you you would understand somebody with a moral 
compass would have mm-hmm. understood the mother's point of view mm-hmm. but sanga was so obsessed and so psychopathic in nature that she didn't but then she also loved her mother and she caused the death of her loved one that's a double trauma hit to you mm. right and then she then her mother made her stage her death or whatever so that it looks like a suicide that's bonkers for a child and that just pushed her off the edge so there you have she was she was super theatrical and super theatrical uh, and, i mean and even jay sang actually if you realize they had a very very he was evil and selfish and everything but he was the only person who loved her yes truly loved her that he loved could her sacrifice true yeah mm. he didn't sacrifice himself for the society he sacrificed himself for her for her cuz she if anybody else had said anything i don't think he would have done it he would have done it but because but she gave him the flower he did it, it he did it yeah he did it mm-hmm. i mean that's also crazy way of showing unconditional love but yeah the plot did show that as well So they had a very weird relationship. I it was weird. That. It was gross. Very very weird. So yeah. Um ah. I think the last character that I definitely want to talk about is Wea Jun's character. Of course. That's what I'm saying we have to okay, talk about. Per- <laughs> we have to talk about uh Choi Doil, that character. We have to. <laughs> because I feel like in consuming most of the spoilerific uh K-drama edits that came out during little women's airing yes. um people were latching on to Wea Jun's character and the romance not even oh, between okay. him <laughs> and Kim Go-eun's character and there was t- when i finally saw it like i finally saw the almighty little women show and i was <laughs> like okay show. <laughs> i was like i all right so everyone was talking about like their chemistry or just the way that they interacted with each other yeah. and i was under the impression that there might have been a romance no no and no on all accounts <laughs> people are fucking nuts for of course they just, are <laughs> they i don't understand how you can watch this and think he's in love with her like it, i don't think it even went that far no no and he never so, acknowledged that he loved her like i no. <laughs> what do you think so, tell me your thoughts I'll be very honest. I loved their dynamic on screen. I mm. liked that he was such a mysterious character. Yes. But I'll be honest in terms of acting. If you compare on acting prowess, Kim Go-yoon was just killing every scene <laughs> and every moment that my eyes were focused on her. Uh. Bee Ha-jun didn't capture my attention as much from an acting perspective. Mm. But I loved their scenes together. I loved the dynamic. I loved how he dropped everything to go help her out. Uh, by the way, another bit. He was consistent. People were like, "Oh, he should have got together with her. He should have got." If we are Jun's character, Doil, whose main aim is money to make money, and mm. all he has learned is only to earn money from for whatever hook or by crook. Right. If he had dropped the lure of whatever the nominal amount of 10 billion won versus a 70 billion won just because he's decided like he's realized he's falling in love with Inju and he wants to spend the rest of his life with her etc it'd be totally inconsistent yeah. with his character totally yeah. inconsistent i yeah. love the fact that they let it open and left it open ended they may come and meet each other again they could. or they may not yeah and that's um, fine 
in episode three, I have this note here that Wea Jun is such a slippery character with no moral oh, standard to make yeah. him want to investigate the murders of the slush fund managers. Yeah. He only wants to recover the 70 billion won. Exactly. And when she calls him after the guy drives his car off the parking garage, the first thing he asks is if she's all right. And at the hospital, he sits beside her. And uh, actually, I'll talk about that in a second. But anyway, you're right that his characterization is pretty consistent. And he's all he's ever wanted is to escape with the money and go to one of these safe cities that has all of these questionable (laughs) characters living in it. And that's what he does at the end of the show. He takes his $10 billion, fucks off to Greece. And of course, in the future, you can write some sort of narrative where they get together. But was it like a cut and dry thing? No. 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 (laughs) I think the most surprising thing was that he orchestrated a lot of the back end stuff. Get it. So that he was free to come into the trial at the end. Yes. And sing like a canary and actually tell the truth <laughs> and <Yeah>. save Inju. <laughs> and save Inju, yeah. From exactly. the embezzlement and the murder and whatever else they had her going down for. So I think that was the most surprising thing was that instead of being in that moment just self-serving and on the side of the society and all these people, he does take her side. But of course, he gets something out of it. Of course. He had this whole thing course. planned. Yeah. Exactly. I He's think not- my... Okay, go ahead. Go. No, no, he was not there for the love or that he was attracted to her. He no. may have been attracted to her, but he was not going to sacrifice his whole life's achievements or what he's worked for just because there's this girl who has cropped up and, you know, he needs to help her out. He's mm-hmm. not going to do that. Yeah, no, he set he the plan his, up way before when bit. the little sister had escaped with the other girl. Correct. That was Correct. when he put this plan in motion. Yes. So he's just following through. Exactly. So... You know, people were actually... So there were a lot of things that you want to lament about. Like I said, the plot holes we discussed uh, about Little Women. And I thought that when the finale ended, I would see the rants coming through on (laughs) two, three of these plot holes. Everybody was just lamenting like they missed a chance at romance. I'm like, what romance? Did you watch romance drama as we did? Yes. (laughs) We are on the same page about that. If If the writing doesn't call for a romance... Why are you going to shoehorn one in there? Don't do exactly. that. And people exactly. would people would love to shoehorn a romance into this. Yeah. And they're making they're reading too much into some of these scenes where I'm like, "Where are you seeing romance here? I'm just seeing, you know, mild attraction mild. and maybe he's entertained by her, Correct. you know, emotions because Correct. she's so, you know, over the top and so Correct. Uh, getting pulled in 20 different directions. She doesn't know who to trust and He's very consistent. He knows exactly who to trust. He doesn't have any of these issues that she has. Exactly, exactly. But he's not struggling to to like, who am I going to trust? Who can I turn to? Where am I going to put this money? He knows exactly where he's putting the money. What he's going to do. He knows exactly what he is doing. And he says at the end, like her her one crime is basically being financially illiterate. And it's actually not a crime to be financially illiterate. Like you're not an idiot for, for falling into this trap. You correct, know? correct. You got. She just got manipulated very yeah. easily, and like I was, I was. Uh, uh, I'll always say this. You know, people are like, oh, she's dumb. She's this. She's that. Hang on. This. If you go through a history of financial crimes, or you watch this documentary, Dirty Money, on Netflix, mm. the smartest, or even Inventing Anna, which is a very bad series in my opinion, Ooh. but you understand the the scams that this girl pulled off. Yeah. Intelligent bankers, lawyers real estate owners 
big wealthy people supposedly obviously are intelligent right because they made so much money all get scammed what mm-hmm. was in you mm-hmm. yeah what was in you and a lot of if you look at money laundering examples at a very small scale lot of desperate people get pulled into the money laundering scams mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how it works so what are you all ranting about honestly so to mm-hmm. me I think it was justified that poor thing, poor Inju just got got I, caught in this web. <laughs> yeah, she got caught in a web of white collar crime. Yeah, exactly. And she so, doesn't come from that class of people. No. Why are you mad she got caught? Exactly. Poor thing. I have full sympathies for her. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> you just you, feel terrible. <laughs> you feel terrible. I feel terrible for her. Like, oh, poor yeah. thing. So, but yeah. I, I did. I was uh, talking to a couple of people on Twitter, and I said, "Look, I don't get emotionally attached to many of my <laughs> K drama characters, and I really don't care what people think about what I love. I yes. don't care. But we are I will, the same in that respect. Yeah. <laughs> but I will defend Inju if anybody's starting to point fingers at her. I love her so much. <laughs> yeah, she's pretty precious. Um, yeah. The last thing that I I started talking about it, and then I stopped myself so that I could finish yeah. the thought of Wee Jun's sure. character. Yes. Um, was the topic of identity and how towards the end of the show you finally get these sisters accepting who they are and their identity and what they want to strive for in life. And throughout the show, you know, prior you were talking about how great the cinematography is. They did massive clues for this internal struggle and identity crisis that each sister goes through by showing the lack of uh, reflections for each yes. of these sisters. And yes. in various scenes, you'll see this beautiful like window or a mirror or something where that character or a couple of other characters are shown in the shot. And specifically, the sister is not in the reflection. And I feel like that is so uh, poetic and consistent. And we're talking about Wea Jun's character, Choi Do-il's consistent nature, how his characterization wasn't changing necessarily throughout the length of the show. And in this one scene in episode three, where they're at the hospital, um, he's sitting beside Inju and the reflection in the window is only of him. And not of her. Oh, very interesting. I and, will go rewatch this scene. And again. at the end of the show, you see that she's finally in the apartment that her aunt gifted her, and she Excellent. has a reflection finally. Excellent. This is such a brilliant observation. I didn't realize this. Oh, my I'm going to rewatch I... the scenes again. Oh, my God. <laughs> you should this rewatch is a... some scenes and see yes, how they is... either they downplay their reflection or they just don't wow. have it at all. And then towards the end, you kind of, especially with Inju's character, because she was the the main protagonist, I would say, of the story. She finally has her moment of closure and acceptance and, you know, just everything that you want to see in a character for her to finally start over in this place, in this apartment. And she has, you know, all parts of herself, so to speak. She has her reflection with her. And it's very fulfilling to me to see this like full circle. (laughs) This was such a fantastic observation, Jess, because that scene of Inju in the apartment is Mm -hmm. one of the most poignant scenes for me in this whole drama because it gives so much closure to Inju as a person. And people were like, oh, Inju's left alone. She's sad. I said, what? What do you mean she's sad? No. She's in a fantastic place. (laughs) She's in a great place. She's relieved. She's relieved of the burden of caring for her sisters. She has no more issues to think about. 
like i said she has she can do whatever she wants with mm-hmm. the money and the apartment and finally live her life and she's out of poverty this is what she wanted all her life all along yeah those are not tears of sadness no. and there is nothing to pity her you should be proud the message that has come out of it <laughs> that she's going to live for herself and i would want every woman to live and put herself before anyone else mm. which that's why that's that's a beautiful scene for me and the way it's also like i said the camera work was exquisite so i i loved i loved it <laughs> you're scene. like i love it <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah love it was it. amazing i i mean there's lots of quotes throughout that you can uh so call many. to and remember their money is transient so it makes you anxious yeah. spend it on things they can't take away like the Correct. the aunt saying things like that nothing in life is free people die when they're poor, poor. i'd rather yeah, live so as many. a maid in uh, yes. hyodin's house than live like you two in this house like very poignant very, lines throughout and it's kind of endless actually the amount yeah. of I quotes mean, that you can pull out from this the one i really loved is uh the uh, the rich risk their capital and mm. the poor risk their lives mm. what What Ooh. a statement that was from That's the CEO. That's a good one. That yes. That was one of my favorite uh, favorite quotes. 100%. And even uh, the aunt says this, right? Um uh, you the rich can overcome uh, uh emotions. Uh, mm. uh capitalism is a psychological game. The rich can overcome uh, overcome emotions and Inju says what is that? And she's like a sense of loss which mm. the poor can't ever. So loss is big hits the poor much more than mm-hmm. the rich can. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean some of them were really like I said there was a lot of lot of takeaways from the drama mm-hmm. and uh, I understand if people hated on it but I don't think you can miss the messaging uh, that this yes. drama threw at us. You're absolutely right. That even if you kind of dislike the way it got to the ending right. and some of the plot holes especially if you um are a little more financially literate than I am but I <laughs> I think that that's why I gave gave it a three and a half borderline four. because it is such a rich text you can glean so yeah. much from it it has incredible messaging and it does such a great job of delivering all of these messages Agreed. Agreed. yeah really Agreed. smart Absolutely. smart script really smart very very smart writing and very mm-hmm. taut script i felt very very good mm-hmm. so okay I, i think i've come to the end of my notes did you have anything that you wanted to oh the Ooh, sungjunki think... cameo as like oh the my shoe god yes sales. <laughs> When I saw Song Joong-ki I was do like, you oh, like is that do cameo? You, <laughs> do you like Song Joong-ki or not? That's the first question. <laughs> I like Song Joong-ki. I really I do. I love Song Joong-ki too. I, I love Song Joong-ki. When too. I saw him I was like they made him a luxury sushi shoe salesman. <laughs> <laughs> the cameo? Why? You could have been anybody. He could have been a bodyguard, he could have been a an assembly person, he could have been just a, a rando like instead it's Seriously? a shoe salesman. <laughs> salesman. And I was like All right, I and, guess. You know there were theories when they said that Song Joong-ki is going to do a cameo because obviously he was in Vincent's so uh, yes. movie director's yeah. name. But they were like he's probably going to be the ex-con husband of Inju and it'll be we fun never, to see. We <laughs> never I would have preferred that. Right? Honestly. <laughs> oh wow, I the people got me on that one. That's <laughs> a really good pull for them to say. I, I really we never do, we never do see the ex-husband. No, we don't. Yeah. I really wanted to see that and then Song Joong-ki comes and tells her which of those shoes and how they were bought and I was like, right. Okay, fine. Right. Is that all we are going to get to you think <laughs> of? Something that's like quite irrelevant in the long run. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Mm. But 
uh, the other cameo was Ho Jung Se. Actually, I was so excited to see him at the end of first episode, <laughs> and then my heart sunk when he was bumped off, and I'm like, I he was maybe such a creeper, such a creeper with a foot fetish, you know, right? You know the food fetish and that scene in uh, Ho Jung's apartment Ooh. with. Kim Gold. Oh my god, I had chills down my spine. So did I. When he was like so close to her and like, what was he doing? Sniffing her or yeah. something? I, he's such a brilliant actor. He is. And I kept hoping that he will come back in some flashback when they explain how the scheme unfolded. No. He never came back. Never and I was upset back. about it. He was it. dead, dead. <laughs> he was dead, dead. Gone. Yeah. <laughs> Not dead. He was just, because Hua Young was dead. He yeah. was dead, dead. He was dead, dead. <laughs> Definitely dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those those were the two cameos, which were fun to watch, obviously. Absolutely. All right. Happy, anything happy else that you like to? Yeah, we covered a lot of ground on lot. this episode. My God, sure. it's been two hours. Oh my God, <laughs> it's been two hours. Um, <laughs> at the risk of taking up more of your evening, I do want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast, kind of on short notice, and really, you know, diving deep on this drama. I think so many people. Uh, DM'd me and asked me what my thoughts were if I was watching <laughs> Little Women and I felt horrible at the time saying like oh. no I'm not I'm not watching Little Women right now I'm watching something else or I was watching something else for the podcast I'm waiting for the episodes to finish airing so that I can just binge right. it which is exactly what happened to get me here on this episode <laughs> talking about it but I, I think ultimately we both recommend this drama definitely and I think that it's gonna it's gonna win some awards eventually at the Beksang. Uh, it has ceremony. to, yeah. It has to, Jess. If it doesn't, I'll be really surprised. Really surprised. <laughs> Same. <laughs> we have to commiserate when the Beksang awards come out. True. And the nominees get announced, and they have the whole ceremony. But yes. until then, I'm gonna let you go, Minel. Where can we find you online, actually? Yes, so I'm, as you know, on my podcast Insta page, Crash Landed on K-Dramas. And I think you share that in your episode notes anyways. Yeah. But on Twitter, I'm at K-Drama underscore Gab, which is where I gab a lot about my K-Drama <laughs> thoughts. So they can that's the easiest place to catch me, honestly. Yes, you are very active on Twitter. So please reach out yes. to me now. She is such a great voice on Twitter <laughs> and she has great insights. And again, like it's kind of rare for me to be on Twitter, but Minal is. So please give her a follow on all the socials and talk to her on Twitter. She would be happy to talk through any love K-drama it. that she's watching or has watched, I'm I'm sure. Love it, love it. I, I mean, I feel so happy that I finally got over my phobia and uh, got onto Twitter and Insta <laughs> discussing K-dramas and I've made so many friends and... Jess is so lovely. She and I have very fun interactions on our Insta <laughs> post, etc. Uh, so thank you, Jess. Thanks for thinking about me. I love this drama so much. And I was dying to talk about it. And yes. it just happened at the right time. <laughs> it, yes, this came at the right time. And again, please reach out to either of us if you want to yes. talk about the episode, if you agreed with us or disagreed with us. We'd love yes. to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear And uh, I think we're going to get out of here on that note. Well, that's been our show. I'm Jessica, and this has been the ATC Presents Deba K Rambles podcast. Will I get to feel completed? Cause I'm lost and feel so lonely. Thought I had all that I wanted, but I guess nothing left to feel. Me Nobody hurts, nobody loving
Tear me apart to 